Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller up until 1 o'clock talking sports with you. Appreciate you uh, giving us some of your time here this morning into the afternoon. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. You've heard some of the promos. It indeed is high school football time starting this Friday night. Trent will be out over in, uh, in Ankeny for Ankeny versus Ankeny. But Joe Stacy, Nathan Fisher, and the Football Friday Nights team, sponsored by Jethro's, uh, they will be all over the uh, Metro. And Joe Stacy's going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. Just kind of give us a preview of what the show's going to be like. We'll maybe pick Trent's brain as to who some of the uh is it as simple as college football there's georgia there's alabama there's ohio state or michigan uh there's waukee there's sep there's dowling there's valley there's whom ankeny johnston the dragons how about centennial uh, about Centennial. You can go a little bit deeper right. here. Okay, so we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hours. High school football uh, will start this coming uh, Friday night. Then we'll get Mitch Holtus' uh, his daily visits coming to an end at the end of this week. Uh, today we will focus on Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh-round pick, who certainly uh, made a name for himself in his rookie campaign and is the guy in Kansas City. Mitch will talk about him and other Chiefs topics uh, at 11.50. 12.05, Bill Bender's been busy pumping out the content in anticipation of the college football season. The Sporting News is one of the, I believe, five uh, publications that go to make the uh, um the all conference teams, the consensus uh, the all consensus Americans, consensus all Americans. I think that's uh, yeah, he's one of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Bender will talk about that. Uh, he's taking a look. I believe he's got through two of the conference previews today. Uh, today being the Big Ten, so we'll dip uh, into that with Bill coming up here. Uh, and then at uh, twelve thirty, we'll switch gears and go to the NFL with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Recap what we've seen through two weeks of the uh, preseason uh, and look ahead to the uh, regular season that starts what, two weeks from Thursday night uh, with the Lidlifter, the Lions, visiting those Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, fun night of sports last night, Monday Night Football. Anytime I can listen to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I'm going to, and I did. Uh, the Not any time. Well, a lot of times. You yeah. were into that last night? You know what, Trent? I can't recall being into a preseason game more than I was last night. What? I don't know. I didn't bet it. Right. I don't like Washington. Yeah. I've got nothing that leads me to be, you got to watch the Ravens. It's going to be good. I was into it. I think it had to do with the streak. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and Washington desperately wanted to snap that streak. Mm-hmm. And it was meaningful right to the end. Border, and, border rivalry between the two. Yeah. Very close proximity yeah. to both, uh, to both franchises. Um, uh, Ron Rivera was pushing all the right buttons, and I, and the button that maybe I that uh, personally was pushed on me last night. It's a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Somehow looks really good. Yeah, it's a good and takeaway. It, it, you know what, Trent? There's mm-hmm. a reason I think Rivera anointed him as the starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he look at. I was going to say he kept Drake May on the bench. Drake May was a freshman. Yeah. Uh, but Sam Howell was the guy, and Drake May only threw 10 passes. I looked it up the entire season. It was 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
But Sam Howell looked good, and um, perhaps the FedEx field is going to be demolished, and the Washington Commodores, or whatever they're going to be called, Commanders. Um, I like Commodores. I do, too. We'll go back to uh, the site of the RFK Stadium. Can't we just call them the Hogs? I want to call them the football team. Well, that was that was better than Commanders. That was better than the yeah. Commies. Yeah, right. Just, that was a good name. I'm with you. I liked the football team name. But the game itself was good. And, and again, I'm an Aikman and I'm a Buck fan. I think for my money, I'm trying to figure out who would be in the discussion as play-by-play guys that over my lifetime, I mean, Keith Jackson for college football, clearly. Mm-hmm. Al Michaels. Al Michaels, absolutely. Jim Nance, I'm not a big fan, mm-hmm. but how can you poke holes at the resume? I mean, the Final Four, the Masters, CBS's main voice on the NFL, the resume speaks for itself. But Joe Buck is in every conversation for me, Trent. I am such a fan of him. I've said what before. About he, him? I don't know. I've said before he could read the phone book and I would listen. He did a preseason game and I was I was in. Yeah. I like Buck. I'm not one of the detractors, the haters out there. I just It's jealousy. Well, some to some, but because like, he's got he his got job, his job because, because of his dad. dad. His dad opened the door. He didn't. He, did. get, he didn't get to the pinnacle of of the sports Absolutely. because he's Joe Buck's dad. I You're, mean, he's yeah. Jack Buck's dad. You're not going to maintain the role Son. that he has for a quarter century. Absolutely. If you don't have any If talent. you're not talented. Did, did Jack open a door? It did. It did. And it opened it with the St. Louis Cardinals, because I saw it firsthand. Um, and he got the call for, from Fox because of that, sure. too. When he started, he was but what, he, but on the number four team. Yeah, he was... Um, um, he was way down the list. He would be doing a lot of Houston versus... Eh, fill in the blank. Yeah. Uh, the Rams, the Cardinals... Uh, that Texans Cardinals tilt up. Carolina Mike. Tampa, the winner finishes five and eleven. Right, uh, that would be where Joe Buck started. But he worked his way up very quickly, mm-hmm. and he's been uh, at the top, at the pinnacle since then. So, um, it was fun watching it. Yeah, the Cubs ended in time, and I got over there to watch. Oh, the, certainly the, all of the second half and uh, and the majority of the second quarter. Boy, the Cubs just hung on last night. These yeah, t- Tigers did. would not go away. No, absolutely not. I. I was a little nervous. I had a Cubs ticket last night that this thing was going to go up in flames with the bullpen, but just uh. enough last night against the Tigers. Yep. And that's where the TV viewing was me. It was not preseason football for me last night. Well, I didn't expect it because I didn't think Buck and Aikman were going to do the game. Remember last year, they didn't do the SPN preseason game. Well, and now with the new SVP production crew. company, yeah. Well, the new production crew for Monday Night Football. Who is that? Whoever the executive producer is and everybody, those are all oh, new. Oh, okay. Because Aikman and the old producer did not get along. Ah. So they cleaned house. Huh. And they're kind of figuring out on the fly, all right, we got a new crew here. Mm-hmm. Because it was the old Monday Night crew that just stayed on. And apparently Buck and Aikman did not like them very much. Is that right? What was behind that? They're a little that? more hands-on than Aikman liked. Mm-hmm. Aikman likes to do his thing. Yeah, he should. He's good. A couple of prima donnas. Well, okay. No, I like Con- them. Confident. No, no, prima donnas. Okay. I use the right term. All right. They're yeah. arrogant. Okay. They're yes, that that is a part of them mm-hmm. and I can understand how that rubs people mm-hmm. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not I'm not an Aikman fan in comparison. He would be down my list of okay. of commentators. I like Buck his absolutely. laugh. <laughs> That's what gets it. Yeah. I like his laugh when he sees something on the field. I mean, and I, maybe it's because I believe Aikman is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in our lifetime in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Mhm. Got a bunch of Super Bowls, had a bunch of talent around yes, him. Yes, he did. But a lot of Super Bowl. Would, and Peyton Manning didn't deserve Super Bowl 50. There's a half dozen quarterbacks during that era that would have had those teams and won. Yeah, probably Bowls. so. 
Probably so. I, Look, I, I contend, and I, I don't think it's unfair for you to say that because when Montana versus Elway come up, I mean, switch teams. You're right, right. You put one with, uh, let's see, Tom Rathman, Roger Craig, right, Jerry Rice, uh-huh. John Taylor, uh-huh. and then you go the other way. Right. And then who are you throwing the ball to? And Dan, Dan Reeves is your coach. Who was the running back? Sammy Wardell. What, what was that guy's name? Uh, Sammy, Sammy Winder. Sammy Winder. That's what I was thinking of. Not, not exactly. Vance Johnson was a nice receiver, it right? It was okay. He, right. It was all right. But also he had Elway throwing the football. Sure. Which helped out a lot. That Maybe that's something with Aikman. I like Joe Buck. Aikman's just not my cup mm-hmm. of tea. So uh, He did have a great line last night. I wrote it down on Twitter. I want to get it. When, when Buck said something about... They were talking about Justin Tucker, the kicker. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's automatic, right? Yes. And Buck says, has there ever been anybody anybody better at his job? And Aikman says very quickly, you. Wow. How about that? A little buttered up. Well, you know what, I like the buddies. <laughs> they are buddies. Has there anybody ever been better at his job? You. How did, Aik- or how did uh, Buck respond to that? Uh, the, he moved laughed. On. He laughed and okay. moved on. Yeah. yeah, laughed and moved on. Speaking of that, I had this conversation last week. With uh, an Iowa State fan. And we were talking about watching our team games with different family members. Okay. So last year for the Iowa Bowl game, I was back at my parents' place. Uh-huh. I had some uncles and aunts over. And I get this all the time from my mom. And maybe it's your generation. Help me out here. <laughs> okay. But I get this a lot from that generation. Always complaining about either the officials or the commentators. And that's what triggered this in my mind. Because I see this all the time with Buck. It's always, he hates my team. Mm-hmm. He hates the Packers. He hates the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He hates the 49ers. Yep. Well, he's doing the best games. He's doing the biggest games. And right. for whatever reason, commentators for the most part, outside of a hometown broadcast when you're watching baseball for the mm-hmm. most part. Well, with the exception of the Cubs, because Cubs fans do not like Book. Which is... Which is ridiculous. Absolutely incredible but to he's, me, he's not a, But he's not a... He wasn't a died true Cubs fan. Right. Didn't grow up rooting for the Cubs. Why do you have to? But it's one or the other. It is either and and listening. So to, is, it, is it my generous? They don't like the officials, or they don't. All, no, it's always their fault. This guy hates my team. It is something that permeates. Hmm. At least what I've seen. Through old people. Your generation. I didn't say old people. Got <laughs> old yesterday. Not today. All right. Your generation, though, yeah. because my Iowa State buddy was saying the exact same thing. They go up on a fishing trip every fall mm-hmm. with his dad uncles, all the people, and he said he can't watch an Iowa State game because that's all it is with them. It's always either the commentator saying it is, they're out to get us. What, what does that mean? Do you really believe <laughs> that Bill Smith from Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's calling this game on ESPN+, Plus, that he is out to get your, no, there's no getting your team. And the same thing with the officials. And my mom, she texts me all the time during basketball. I'm like, I, I just, I can't respond. Mom, the commentators don't hate the team. The refs aren't against Iowa. There's bad calls that happen on both sides. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's fans. It is. It's fandom. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. I, I don't think it's just... Because, I mean, go to Cyclone Fanatic, and I don't think it's a bunch of people in their mid-60s on that board. Right. Yeah. Right? Or any board. It's, yes. it's fans, and thank God for them, because we wouldn't have a job without them. <laughs> Absolutely. But it just it permeates. And yeah. I, I can't do it. No. I, when those referee bashing things happen, and not to say that we don't, Rip on refs from no, time I rip to time. on umpires every day. You do, yeah. The home absolutely. plate umpire. But that's a part of it, yes. But it's not every single game, mm-hmm. every single call, every single commentator is against your team. That's just not reality. No. It just not. isn't reality. So they get her in the locker room and um, who's Josie Who's Josie Condon? <laughs> I mean, who's she rooting for here? Right, right. I don't it's know your mom's name. Tim. 
Kim, Kim Condon. Um, better than Karen Condon. That yeah. would have been tough. Any Karen, I felt bad for him. Um, anyways, um, I don't know. I just think it's fans, Trent. It is. Think, You're right. I do, think You're right. It, I do think it's fans. But again, uh, to kind of put a bow on where we're going, I enjoyed the preseason game last night more than I can ever recall. And the winning streak's over. And the winning streak is over. It is. It is. And Sam Hall can play. Yeah. And I'm more convinced now that in week one of the Survivor Contest that I'm going to twist arms of my group. We're going to be all over the Washington Commanders with one of our picks. Washington Commanders, you are going to put them out in week one. Week one. The Commanders open up at home against the Cardinals. That's not bad. Yeah. Other options in week one. The Vikings host the Buccaneers. There's a lot of people that 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 might be the second most popular survivor pick. That is where I'm leaning at the moment. Mm -hmm. Other big point spreads. The Seahawks at home for the Rams. Five and a half is the number. Do you say it yourself? It's you're supposed to avoid divisional Mm -hmm. matchups. I will not have that. Yeah, on my list. I don't think that that will be one. We have four. You have one. Mm But you, we had three last year, and you had one, and we didn't see October, and you did. Ravens favored by 10 against the Texans. Now, there's one, right? Mm-hmm. Is it in Balt? It is in Baltimore. I like that one. I like that one, too. But then again, you got to keep in mind, or do you? Once you use this team, you can't, can't use, use them, again. them again. So when does that come into play that you're starting to squirrel away teams? Because for sure you're going to get to December and you're going to need that team. Yeah, the, right. The Chiefs aren't losing to the Lions. You know what? But do Trent, you want to keep them in your back pocket? I'm not so sure that the Chiefs aren't losing to the Lions. Oh, really? I we've That's seen, a cross-off for you when you're coming up with your list of... Yes, because we've seen, we've seen Super Bowl champs... Um, I'd love to know the record of opening night, defending champions. Because it was really good initially. When this thing became a thing, I want to say something like maybe the first seven years the teams won. The the defending champ won? And like covered out of six out of seven. Oh, did they? Yeah, it was kind of an annuity early on. And that has dissipated Okay, over the last half decade, Mm -hmm. something like that. Because, yeah, for a while, when this thing started up, it was was a coronation. Here's the rings. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a celebration. And then the Super Bowl champion is going to go out and dominate. Right. That has not been the case here recently. That would be a good one to look at, what those numbers are. Um, yeah, because the Lions are ready to go. Yeah, And Trent, I've, I've said it all year, um, and we just had somebody reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, guys, enough with the Mitch stuff every day. It's killing me. Killing you? I'm a Broncos fan. <laughs> you think I want to talk? I do because it's football and I love it. He's a Bears fan. Oh, okay. Ryan is. Yeah. Um, we got David Kaplan tomorrow to talk We do. Bears. So, I'm not sold on this Chiefs repeat. In fact, I'm not sold on them winning the division. And again, I wish I wasn't the Chargers guy mm-hmm. because this, this takes away all my credibility about what I'm going to say because I pick the Chargers every year. But I really think that they are every bit as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. How big is the gap between Mahomes and Herbert? Now, Mahomes and the other 31 quarterback, there's a gap between every one of them, mm-hmm. right? Herbert's a hell of a player. Can he win a playoff game before we start anointing him? Well, that would be good. Yeah. That would yeah. help my argument. It, it would. That would really help my argument. But for the sake of this argument, I don't have that in my quiver. <laughs> I, I poked a hole pretty quickly. You did. I? Yeah. Um, there's still a gap. I'm not saying that I would rather have Herbert than Mahomes. No one in their right mind would. Mm-hmm. But he's really good, Herbert. He's talented. 
And he's got his offensive line is back, and he's mm-hmm. got his receivers and Eckler after he held out for so long. They've, they've got him back in tow. Um, Derwin James is on a short list of the best safeties in the game. Bosa coming off the edge. Khalil Mack, I think, has got something left. They have talent. They have talent. And they're 25 to 1. You believe in that coach? I think that if Brandon Staley is going to remain at the Chargers coach, this better be the year. More likely to happen. Brandon Staley is the coach in 2024, or the Chargers reach the AFC Championship game. Well, if that happens, he is. Right. What's more likely, though? I would say the former, that he's fired. Because if this team even yes, gets to the playoffs so. again this year... They have to win. I mean, they give, they blew what? What were the, what were the 27, 28-point lead? Yeah. Was it, 20, was it 27-0? I think it was. And they lost 30-27. And they lost. I think it's more likely he's fired. Because this team is too talented mm-hmm. to be dinking around mm-hmm. with some guy that thinks he's smarter than everybody else. No. Yep. And I like Kellen Moore more than you do. Yeah. They're new OC. So you think the, the Chiefs... So back to your point about Lions uh, Chiefs, you thought Chiefs yeah. not a free square, but I, I I wouldn't use that game. That's kind of the group. I mean, that's I think that's the list of games that you're looking at here in Week One. I mean, do you use Jacksonville at Indianapolis with all the tumult happening in Indy? Where's Jonathan Taylor going? You know where he should go. Well, you know who would, he would make a Super Bowl contender instantly better. You Buffalo. said it last week. Buffalo doesn't have a running back, right? It's Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That's the place. That is the place. Are they going to give up a first rounder for? Do you have to? Christian McCaffrey came. That's what for... they said yesterday. That was the first report I saw yesterday. That they wanted a one. Yeah. That they McCaffrey a one. was a two and a what? A two and a three. Yeah. That was a fleecing. Uh, do you give up a one if you're Buffalo? You might give up a one because it's going to be in the twenties. That's what I was going to say. Maybe even the thirties. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. If he's if he means that much to that team as we think he does, I'm back on the Buffalo bandwagon. Are you? I'm I'm back aboard. So, in fact, I was starting to get out my chicken scratch last night and make my notes when we make our divisional picks and mm-hmm. our playoff picks mm-hmm. uh, coming up here in two weeks. And I think I'm going to end with Buffalo winning that division, at minimum. I was trying to talk myself into Miami. You know, New England, I, I, I have already bet on New England because of the price. Uh, what did you get, 7 or 8 to 1 or something? 9 to 1. 9 to 1. 9 to 1 to win that division. And I still think they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, as I was doing that last night and doing some research, DraftKings has... Right now, you can bet on the number of wins in division of your six divisional games and an over-under on that. So I think the Patriots were two and a half. You know, that was kind of a fun way to look at it because you see so many splits, right? Uh-huh. Just three and three, put it in yep, there. Yep. But trying to figure out who is that team that's going to go four and two, five and one, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. I thought that was a fun way to look at it. And it kind of kind of helped me as I was placing the teams in the different divisions to do it. But yeah, I'm back in Buffalo. And it was something that we just kind of ran into one day, what, two, three weeks ago, is the Hamlin situation and just the tumult that that led to mm-hmm. with Buffalo a season ago. Had to. They had looked to, awful against Cincinnati. Yeah, it had to have an effect. Yes. You know what? Cincinnati physically manhandled them. Yes. That was just a team that was that completely was out of sorts. Josh Allen, after the shoulder injury last year, he was a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, mm-hmm. we know what he is. Yep. You get a team without that huge distraction that they had a year ago. Mm-hmm. They're still really talented. Yep. They still got guys. This time last the year, they were everybody's pick. Yes, absolutely. I'm back on the Buffalo train, at least for one more year. And this might be kind of a window closing type of moment. Mm-hmm. It's now or never. Well, if it's now or never, isn't Jonathan Taylor make a whole lot of sense? Oh boy. If they're going for it and they can pick him up, that solves a ton of problems with that team. 
give give them a running back of that ilk? Good God. Uh, one more thing on the gambling front as I was going through and making it. College football, as we get ready for it. Mm-hmm. How big of a change are we looking at with the new clock rules? Oh, fair question. That's a good question as far as totals you're talking about. So there's an article up on the Action Network, and it talks about you know pace of play, the mm-hmm. changes. Uh, there was one coach that relayed he believes it's going to be a basically... Five, six plays? No, a five to eight minute difference in times of kind of gameplay that you're actually going to have over the course of the season. And it's Colin Wilson, who does a really good job on college football. And in his article, he put all the week zero games, his projected total, and what is out there right now in the market. Basically, every one of them, he was a touchdown lower. So you should be taking the, the unders than what the books are offering? It might be worth a shot here. Just go under everything on week zero? And, and see if that's something, because they're not going to go over, right? Well, I would hope not. <laughs> you, you're right. you would hope that that is not going to be the case. But what do we have but here? But that's something to track, Trent. Three, four, five, six, seven games on Saturday. The seven games, just blindly bet under mm-hmm. on every one of them. What? Verse three and four. But if these clock rules are as significant as him and many others believe. Mm-hmm. And the line makers haven't adjusted. This is something I think that at minimum you need to be tracking. If you're a handicapper, if you're somebody that likes to play totals, I'm not a big total player. No, nor am I. But it is something that has to be a part of of what you're doing early in the season, it is, it's a significant change. Mm-hmm. Every first down, they're stopping the clock. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. There were an average of 38 first downs in college That's football last plays. year. That is a lot of plays. Yep. That is a lot of stoppage yep. time. And you're talking about, what, 10, 15 seconds in that, during mm-hmm. that stoppage? That isn't going to be there anymore. Take a look at those totals, maybe even team totals. That's something I've dabbled in from time to time. Something to look at. And how about 43 and a half for Iowa-Utah State? <laughs> With a limited Cade McNamara, mm-hmm. 24-3, final just in. It does, uh, it does have some promise that that could be the case, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, interesting. Uh, Jairo Brock uh, has left Iowa State, no surprise. So the only, we, we, we think that Remsburg is going to play. Yes. That seems to be the consensus out of everybody that, yeah, he's going to miss some games. Four to six. Yeah. It'll but, be in that range. But it won't be as severe as some of his teammates, now former teammate. But we don't know anything about Deshaun Hanukkah. What, I, we, what, what did you, have you heard anything? I think he's in the same boat as what we have with Remsburg. Okay. Didn't bet on Iowa State. Didn't bet on Iowa State football where their career's going to be over. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be, if you get past that $800 threshold, four games, maybe up to six. That's the likelihood, I think, that we're looking at for both those guys. Uh, Hawkeye basketball manager was betting on, geez, that was a, that's not a good look. Um, what else? I think there, there were, are we missing one more that came out yesterday? Uh, yes, it was. Oh, yeah, it was that, right? Oh, the, the, no, the, the kid from TJ's team that never played, the blew out his Achilles, Williams. Williams, yeah. Um, and he's like got he, up. He was firing 100 yeah, he was bucks betting. a game. He was betting. But, I mean, like, not five, ten bucks. He was, well, and, and even that. So as opposed to the $7.52 of Hunter Deckers. How many times was he rolling over? He was betting $100 a game. Deckers bet a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. And it is an eye-popping number when you see, in totality, the number. Same thing with Jirel Brock, as you're talking about, what, upwards of $10,000. But the average size of bet is different. What's bigger? Betting $100 a game a couple of times or betting 5 bucks a game a ton of times? I don't know the answer to the question. But it's all cumulative, yep. and that's why the NCAA, I believe, needs to revisit this and understand 
those are different. And if we ever come out with a guy that's betting thousands of dollars, that is completely different. Bet $5,000 on a single game or bet 200 games at 10 bucks a time, well, the money is in totality the same and the punishment should be the same according to the NCAA. I don't believe that's right. You know the other thing that's kind of escaped? um, We know no Shannon. Mm -hmm. We don't know any of the other Hawkeye players. Absolutely not. I mean, we think we do. But we somehow, some way, this has been kept under wraps. There's been there's been nothing come out. Meanwhile, at Iowa State, we know every one of them and have for some time, but not the case in Iowa. And we're still waiting for the um, the wrestling shoe to drop, and, and maybe at both schools, which we continue to hear is the most significant. That's what we were told. And I think it's more significant because of the number of people on the roster. Yes. Uh, let's take uh, Steve real quick, and then we'll get to Joe Stacy. We're going to preview some high school football that starts on Friday night. Hello, okay. Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, the question I have is with uh, you're talking about sports gambling with the young man from ISU and University of Iowa. Why aren't we hearing about any other athletes across the country? Why is it only Iowa and ISU? Maybe because we're here in Iowa. But no, if if it was other places, we'd know about it. It's um, because the Iowa DCI opened this investigation. They do not have jurisdiction in any other state. Correct, but I, I, if it's happening in Iowa, I mean, no, it's, it's you're right. It's in every other state that has legalized gambling mm-hmm. for sure. It yeah. is yep. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, none of the DCIs in the other states are have done it or are willing to do it, and so th- that's why it's I only think, here. Uh, yeah, I think willing is a pretty key word there. Uh, anyway, wow. Steve, yep, Steve. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you listening. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Joe Stacy coming up. Quick look at uh, not quick look. We'll take a good look at high school football with Joe. What are we doing here on KXNO Football Friday night? Trent is going to be a part of it. He will be on the Bull, uh, doing play by play of the game of the week. But Joe and company will have correspondents fanned out across Central Iowa. He'll join us for a quick preview of that. Mitch Holtis coming up this hour as well. It's Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six. Back, Miller and Con, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KX. You know, I want to do a high school segment with Joe Stacy right now. <laughs> Iowa State now has four beers, four beers, four beers to share the pie. Everybody gets a little bit <laughs> instead of one getting a whole lot, like the University of Iowa is doing with mm-hmm. their swarm. What are they thinking? Who's this one benefiting? I didn't even click. <laughs> they just can't get out of their own way. Blood pressure rising. Cyclone Hazy IPA from Back Pocket Brewing. Well, that's the same one as Clone Fest. So just another one. Four beers. You can't make it up. That goes to Iowa State University, though. Yeah, it doesn't go to doesn't go to the the not uh, the collective. The collective, no. Uh. Uh-uh. That goes to make the athletic department richer. Four beers. You're not going to get over this one. <laughs> the trend. Hello, Joe Stacy. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Four beers is just getting started at a good tailgate. That's right. It is, but they should all be we will. It should all be the <laughs> Ames Lager, period. 
period. <laughs> this is college athletics has changed. You have to pay the players, players. and to keep up, you and have to have up, money have in the bank. Money in the bank. Jeez. And they're spreading it four ways. Uh, let's let's. I got to get back here. Yeah. Um, you get digress. <laughs> so, high school football is upon us, Joe Stacy. I'm glad you're back. Uh, tell us what uh, you have planned. You- eight uh, eight correspondents. Nine, I guess, if you include my partner TC here, uh, as he'll be at Ankeny and Ankeny. So, what's uh, take us through a Friday night, Joe Stacy? Well, it, it, every Friday night from six to ten thirty is, is when we start, and uh, uh, what we'll do is we fan out our correspondents, and, and I call them our expert correspondents. They, uh, obviously, they go out and do it for a few bucks, but they put a lot of preparation in it, and we we've always preached, you know, the six P's: prior, proper preparation, prevents. Or performance. It sounds kind of cheesy, but um, you know, anywhere from six to eight games, and our correspondents they'll take you there under the lights on the sidelines. From six to seven, myself and Nathan Fisher, uh, who is a very instrumental part of this whole program, he's the offensive coordinator, puts the lineups together every week. J.D. Snover will be our uh, producer in the studio, but uh, the first hour we call them scene setters or pregame reports, uh, where we will go through. Uh, Joey Judasessi is at Ankeny Ankeny. Centennial this week. I know that's where Trent is this week as well. Uh, when we're short on correspondence, which will happen from time to time, we will just not send somebody out to the game that Trent's at and go to Trent uh, quite frequently. He helps us out a great deal there. Um, so for the it, Joel Miles will set up Southeast Polk Valley. Andrew Barber's off this week. John Hembrick will set up North Polk at Bondurant Ferrar. A.J. Hawksby DeFino is off this week. Uh, Dwayne, not the Rock, Johnson will set up Norwalk in Carlisle. And Tyler Allen is off this week. Kurt Keesling, he's got the Ames-Waukee assignment. We'll hear from him from 6 to 7. And then my man Hank Hankinius, Waukee Northwest at Johnston. So uh, from 6 to 7, we'll just get all of their pregame reports. And then at, at, at 7 o'clock, we'll get the games going and we'll bring everybody score by score updates uh, uh play by play when needed when when uh, scores are getting in the red zone and we'll do final game recaps uh, uh with all of the uh correspondents that we're out at and then we'll also uh, round the correspondents round up some coaches and 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 players and we do interviews and then we invite you to stick around for a full scoreboard show uh from 10 to around 10:30 so uh, it, it's fast paced uh, we, we don't want to pontificate about one team uh, for too very long. Um, the mission of the show is to get in as many communities as we can, get these high-profile games that are entertaining. The show is entertaining. It's informative, and it keeps the listeners tuned in. It's a little rowdy and a lot of fun is what I like to say. No doubt about it, and enjoy what you guys do. I hop in the car after my game, kind of keeping up with everything going on. What's it like uh, for you in that command center as you have a couple of games coming down to the end, you're trying to get updates, you're trying to find out exactly what's happening as you're coming down to the end, quarterbacking this whole thing, because for people that haven't heard it on a Friday night here, it is wild, it is entertaining trying to find out as a bunch of games are going final at the same time. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And Nathan Fisher's set up, a, 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 we all have, are on the same text thread. And then, of course, when you call into the producer, which would be J.D. Snover, we, we ask the correspondents, hey, wh- where's the game at? What's the score? How much time is left? And if, if it's a, a very close ball game, uh, we'll jump ahead to that correspondent and take you there and, and give you the play-by-play. And that's when it really gets fun, when uh, these correspondents are out there. And, and some of them 
them are really, really good at play-by-play. And Trent, you know just as well as I, you're passionate about play-by-play. That's mm-hmm. that's where, where my love is as well. But uh, that's the way we do it. You know, every week these correspondents, they'll call in with a pregame report. And then at the minimum, uh, Trent and, and Kenny and listeners out there, you're going to get a pregame report. You're going to get a first quarter report. You're going to get a second quarter report, a halftime report, a third quarter, a fourth quarter, and a postgame report. But in between there, that is just where every week is different. And you got to be on your toes and you got to communicate with the guys out in the field. They have to communicate with us in the studio. And then, you know, uh, Nathan Fisher and I look over at each other and say, yep, we got to bump uh, A.J. Hawksby or we've got to set him back a little bit because Joey Giudicessi, Ankeny, and Ankeny Centennial are coming down to the wire. Will you uh, dip down to some of the lower cr- uh, classes periodically throughout the season, Joe? All season long, yeah. Good. You know, North Polk, Bondurant uh, this week, and, and Norwalk and Carlisle are the two uh, uh, lower class games. But yeah, once the season heats up, uh, we'll get down there to 1A. Heck, we've even done some 8 players as we get closer to the playoffs. So 5A loaded once again. You got Southeast Polk, the two-time defending champions, two-time trying defending. to make mm-hmm. it three in a row with what they have. Johnston making it to the Dome for the first time. I know that was something near and dear to your heart a year ago. Valley, Dowling, they're going to be in the mix. Waukee Northwest, maybe even Waukee in the playoffs for the first time since the split. It's going to be loaded again this year. You got the Yankee schools. Both of them should be good. 5A football here in this area, Jeez. Joe, every single week. It's incredible the depth of football that we get here in Central Iowa. You know, and you get it right on the nose, and it keeps you busy, and, and all the way up and to to basically, you know, Thanksgiving until the, uh, you know, the, the the big class finals in, in the Unidome, and then, uh, yeah, just just like you said, Johnston last year surprised everybody, made it to the dome for the first time, and 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 the list of players that are in uh, Division One prospects yeah. this year, I mean, it goes on and on. You look at uh, Brody Brandt from Southeast Polk, uh, Dylan Manning at linebacker uh, for the. Dowling Catholic Maroons. I know the kid, oh, his name escapes me right now, but uh, Valley, uh, the Valley, Andrew Price, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's a defensive back, but the Valley quarterback, uh, apparently he's got some great tools. This Jay Robinson from West Des Moines Valley, a wide receiver, six foot 175. He's got offers from Iowa, Iowa State, Colorado. So a lot of great teams in, in, in all the classes, but, you know, the, the, the class 4A, you get a lot of these guys that are going Division One, and, uh, you know, and a lot of them go into the NFL, as we well know, as uh, we've seen in years past with Iowa high school football players. Uh, Joe Stacy is our guest. Of course, uh, the primary sponsor is Jethro's, uh, located well mm-hmm. now throughout the state of Iowa, right? Is, uh, Iowa, right? Is the uh, did they get to Iowa City? Yes, they yeah. New, the Iowa, Iowa City. City location is open. Good, good stuff. So obviously, Joe, as the season goes on, the standings will play a significant role as to where you're, you and Nathan decide to send your correspondence? Of course. Yeah, you know, we always want to get the best games, and it depends on, you know, like Joey Giudicessi, Joel Miles, Andrew Barber, John Hembrecht, A.J. Hawksby DeFino, Dwayne Not the Rock Johnson, Tyler Allen, Kurt Keesling, Hank Kenkenius. Hey, where do you guys want to go? They'll go basically anywhere throughout the state. Uh, we try to keep them, you know, within, you know, 75 miles, but uh, as we get uh, uh, down the line, we always get the best matchups and, and uh, keep the listeners informed all throughout the night. It's a really fun listen when you're going to the games and even while you're at the game you can tune us in on the iHeartRadio app uh, most of the time if Iowa Wild uh, is not on there and then uh, you know driving away from the games is when we have a, a really big audience from a, a lot of 
the listeners what they tell me. They get done with the game. They tune on 106.3 KXNO, just like Trent said, to catch up on all the scores and, and uh, hear some play-by-play and some coaches' interviews. So I, I just thank everybody at iHeartMedia for letting me be part of it. Um, you know, I'm the quarterback, the host, the re- revenue generator, and, and uh, Nathan Fisher does a, a lot of the heavy lifting, and, and uh, J.D. Snover, who I have not yet – uh, to meet will be our producer, and uh, boy, after a uh, five-hour stint of doing that, uh, you you have to be very tired. And he's on with Simon Conway yeah. before he joins us. So you know, by the time eleven o'clock comes around, he's ready for a cold one. Mm. Sure, <laughs> I bet. Uh, good stuff. It's a labor of love. Nobody's getting rich doing this, but uh, you guys uh, do a terrific job. And I'm certain that this season will be no different. Joe, six o'clock Friday night, and Friday nights through the remainder of the uh, regular season. Joe Stacy, Nathan Fisher, and company right here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Joe, thank you. Have a wonderful season. Appreciate you popping on. I appreciate you guys. I listen to you guys every day. Big fans. Take care. God bless. Thank you. See you, Joe. Joe Stacy, uh, the quarterback. Uh, a football Friday night. You did that back in the I day. I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. It was it was fun, and uh, it was just when it would come down to the end, and you're trying to navigate which way to go to. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. Glad I don't have to work Fridays anymore. <laughs> uh, but um, for the time I did, yeah, it was one of the things I'll um, that I'll remember for sure. Joe, to Joe's point, there's 17 players already in this upcoming senior class that are committed to play. At the FBS So level. was it even better? Because you said last year was... Like last year was good. This year this, is deeper. Is that a fact? So you have all the kids that are going to Iowa and Iowa State. Uh-huh. So Jacob Simpson at 24-7, Johnston tight end. Mm-hmm. He's the number nine, nine player in the state. He's going to Minnesota. Number 11 uh, player from up in Sioux Center. He's going to Kansas. Kyle Rakers from Dowling Catholic. He's the 12th ranked player. He's going to K-State. Number 15 player is going to Georgia. The punter, what? Drew, oh, okay, Drew Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jake Peters, kid from Cedar Falls for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. He's a 16th ranked player in our state. He's going to Nebraska. Wow. We've never had this kind of depth before. That's amazing. And this isn't including kids that are going to end up at UNI and right. South Dakota State right. and North Dakota State. And there's always a handful of those guys. This, the depth of this class is incredible. We haven't seen this before. The building of the Division I players at the FBS level. And high school football in our state, it has accelerated to a spot, frankly, mm. I didn't think it would ever get to this point. We're talking about... So is it youth year. programs? Is it feeder programs that are Yeah, I, I think alive? that's a, a big part of it, uh-huh. where you're getting that kind of coaching early on. And now, and also the camp circuit has helped out. Mm-hmm. You know, in a state of three million people, well, let's see, are we going to put our resources as a college coach into the state of Iowa? Well, now these kids can go and they can camp all over the place and they can be seen by college coaches and that's helped out too. All right, 11.45, we'll take a timeout. Papa John Central Iowa sponsors our next segment. Mitch Holtus uh, will join us, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Miller and Condon. Uh, it's 11.45 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.0. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is Mitch Holtis. Hello, Mitch, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Well, dealing with this heat and humidity, so are the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Coach Reed adjusted 
this week's practice schedule and um, move things up, truncated some things, but uh, trying to get the work done that needs to be done this week. But he just told me, like, if it's not going to be this way for the Detroit game, it'll for sure be this way for the Jacksonville game. Oof, yeah. So there's a little bit of a climate preparation. Well, we know Patrick Mahomes. We know what he can do offensively. The running game has certainly been inconsistent during his time, but the first time we saw Isaiah Pacheco a year ago, well, saw him in Rutgers and then on to mm-hmm. his NFL career, he is just a violent runner and a guy that, boy, you got to be feel confident what he can be and, and another element that he can add to this Chiefs football offense this year. Trent, as you and Ken know, my thesis this week is what can the Chiefs do? What possibly can they do to adjust to try to stay ahead of the talented AFC coming after them, whether it's the division or winning the conference or trying to get a bye or trying to win back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time in 20 years for any team. And honestly, an area that's kind of sneaky is the running backs being involved in the receiving game on deep routes, second routes or third routes, not just check downs or little circles or arrows out of the backfield. These are designed plays for the running back to get mismatches. Isaiah Pacheco is working on this. Keep in mind, he's been wearing the yellow jersey all throughout training camp like the quarterbacks because he had off-season shoulder surgery. He played in a lot of pain in the Super Bowl and got a touchdown on the ground. But what can he do in the air? Now, he's been paying attention with the yellow jersey on, still getting reps, but there are some things he's working on. Um, you know, just transitioning, um, being the guy, just taking mental, a lot of more mental reps and understanding, um, you know, when my number's being called, um, it's time for me to go, and I'm just waiting for that to be called. The runner in the passing game is a huge part of this offense, and I want to ask you about attacking the second and third level as a running back. What about that and being the next step for you? It's, it's absolutely part of my game that I want to work on, being able to make that second defender miss. And, um, you know, that's uh, come with a lot of watching film and being able to understand uh, the way that the, the running scheme is getting drawn up on the drawing board. So I have a, a great example to hit the hole. And what about running routes? That, like, instead of just an angle or circle where you've got to run a deeper route, how much of that is stuff you're working on? Um, it's been something that we've been working on a lot of offseason. Uh, for me, that's something that I uh, love to do, expand the, the, the role of the package. Uh, so it's, it's, I take uh, full pride in doing that. And so whenever I have the opportunity to, to showcase that, um, I'm, I'm full speed at it. Trent, you extolled the virtues of Pacheco, and you should. But the next step is him being a weapon in the passing game. And he only had 13 catches last year and only one that was over 10 yards. That was a 32-yard play against Seattle on Christmas Eve, and it was a screen pass. Hmm. The pass only went five. Uh, So this is him running a deeper route, getting mismatches, and getting a 20-plus-yard play down the field as a running back against either safeties or linebackers. 23 running backs drafted in 2022. He went the 22nd of the 23rd, seventh round pick. So you told us the story last year, Mitch, Pacheco's story, uh, which is uh, remarkable that he's uh, put himself in a position uh, that he's in now. Refresh our memories, and what was it that made him drop down boards? He's really an excellent young man, Ken. I'm glad you asked. But I think he dropped down. Well, there's a couple things involved here. First of all, he went through the um, trauma of having a sister who he was super close to and a brother murdered in two separate circumstances 18 months apart. Mm. It's why he stayed at Rutgers. It's why he didn't transfer to Alabama or somewhere because he's that kind of caliber player. But because he stayed at Rutgers, wasn't on an awesome team, 
And here's the big one, the glut of COVID guys. Keep in mind, last year was the glut of guys. It's almost like two groups in one year. And running backs, there were just pages full of them, and he got lost in the shuffle. So the fact that he's now become one of the more prominent second-year running backs is a testimony to Brett Veach and his staff doing their due diligence and finding this guy. But you would hire him at the station. He is a a stout dude. He's, He's awesome, a good young man and hopefully can continue to to expand his game and become a great NFL player. Pacheco healthy, he's the number one. McKinnon, a a very excellent number two to have. What's left with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Are we looking at a sunk cost here for the late first-round pick a couple years back, or is there still something there with Edwards-Hilaire? Well, two discussions. One, it becomes roster math, but he's still got a lot of talent. Uh, Keep in mind, this is a guy that had a 161-yard game against Buffalo, his second year in his rookie debut was one of the best in NFL history with 138 yards against Houston. Uh, and you say, like, RB1s and 2s, honestly, it can, change, it can change snap to snap with this team. And Clyde's getting a lot of looks in this preseason. Now, the roster math comes into play here, and we'll discuss this during the game on Saturday. But there's a chance, a real chance, you keep four running backs. Remember, there's no fullback on this team anymore. You keep all four running backs, and Denaric Prince would be the fourth. Not all of them may not be active, but don't just completely erase Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from the Chiefs' plans in 2023. Uh, Mitch, we shortchanged Papa John's yesterday. Let's give them their full minute here at the end of our segment today and talk about both what the Donaldsons do philanthropically and then the uh, terrific product that they uh, make available throughout central Iowa. Look out the station, look to the north and to the west toward Johnston, and mm. you'll see the air cover. You'll see the fighter planes uh, providing security as they get ready for the next month's special but in the meantime they are telling all of you you can still enjoy uh papa john's it's football time right we're getting high school revved up colleges are real close nfl's real real close and um this epic garlic stuff crust 1399 special is great their new boneless wings are great and then i can't wait to see what comes behind the curtain out of Matt and Tom Donaldson's creativity Oof. from the secret plant in Johnston, Iowa. You know something good's coming up. Uh, we've got 20 oh, seconds yeah. left. The Athletic ranked its stadiums from best to worst, the Athletic NFL writers. Uh, other than Arrowhead, what's your favorite stadium to visit in the NFL? This will surprise you because it, it's kind of myopic, but it's Baltimore. One, really? because the sight, sight lines are great. Okay. It sits on the Inner Harbor. It's yep. really Second would be Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from the rural community. There's something about staying in Appleton and driving through <laughs> corn and soybean fields to get to Lambeau. we got to do it in December. The corn will be picked, so will the beans. But I'm telling you, going to Lambeau is like going to the Smithsonian. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, M&T Bank Stadium right next to uh, home of the Baltimore Orioles, side-by-side, essentially. Good stuff. <laughs> Mitch, we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, U.S. Bank Stadium was number one. SoFi, number two. Number 30? Soldier Field. Ah, no. FedEx Field. Where is Soldier Field? 23. Seems 23. high. Seems high. Uh, hour two next. Bill Benner on college football. Frank Schwab of the NFL. Trent's plays of the day. Still to come. 106.3 KX.